are you ready? Ready to transform your life and step into the person that you say you want to be. Ready to stop talking and start doing. I'm Ange, a health and fitness coach. And I'm Ashley, a Reiki master and energy healer. And we are here to help you do exactly that. And you're busy. We get that because we are too. But even with the challenges and chaos, you deserve and can live a life full of absolute joy, happiness, and purpose. We want you to join us in taking radical responsibility so that you can take everything in your life to that next level. Have the best sex of your life. Live in a body that you love. Let go of worry and stress. And live in total alignment. Your happier, healthier, and amazing life is waiting for you. Let's get into today's episode. Hey guys, welcome back to the Transform Your Life podcast. Today I am joined by Aline Padfield and she actually, I believe, lives in the same small little town, Listowel, Ontario, Canada, and she works out of a small little shop downtown called Crafted. So Welcome, Aline. It's wonderful to have you here and joining us. And we have Carrie Ann also joining us from the Empowered Collective. She'll be sharing her expertise in today's conversation. And Ashley has been able to join us live here too. We're having a little bit of technical difficulties on everybody's front. We got a little bit of a storm and hydro. And so if that happens, bear with us as we navigate today's conversation. Welcome, ladies. Hi, Hi, it's good to be here. <laughs> good, good. So Ashley, if your speed comes a little bit choppy, honey, I'm just going to tell you, give you a little wave, I'll signal just like, or something like give that. Give a little thumbs yeah. down or something, and I'll just pop off. Sure, good. sure. That sounds good. So welcome, ladies. How's everybody doing on this fine day? I am good. Yeah, I'm excited. Sure. Yeah, I'm super pumped. I'm excited to actually talk to you in the flesh. Is it Alin or Aline? Alin. I've heard it both ways and I wanted to, to confirm. Um, so I've seen some of your stuff on the Empowered Collective and I've been following the, the declutter challenge that you put on there. Awesome. Um, so when when the hydro was going, I was like, no, I want to talk to this girl. I want to like actually um hold you in the flesh and feel your energy so i'm so excited to to be chatting with you and such a treat as well yeah and such a treat that you're joining us carrie ann when that uh popped on i was like yay Yay. so we get full squad so today yay (laughs) awesome awesome so like ashley was mentioning uh, Alin is the queen of decluttering and she has put together this amazing challenge within the Empowered Collective, our sisterhood and our membership, where we share tools to support the mind, the body and the soul. But let's take everybody back. How in the world did you get into what it is that you do, Alin? Hey, thank you for asking. Um, So I got into life coaching because I was finding a lot of people around me weren't necessarily seeing their full worth and their full potential. And back in, oh gosh, what year was it now? My littlest was just two, I think. 
um, I ended up deciding to stay home and be a stay at home mom and, um, kind of help balance life and work for my family. And it didn't take too long for me though, to kind of miss the human interaction and wanting to be with people. So I ended up getting involved with, um, doTERRA essential oils. So I'm still a wellness advocate today. And what happened though, is when I was building my essential oil business, I really found that a lot of women who were also wanting to build their business and stuff like that were struggling with having the confidence to, or knowing their worth that they could be more than what they were if they wanted to be. And that really was interesting to me because I struggled with that as well. I mean, I was happy with being home with my kids, obviously, but also felt a longing for something more. And I ended up sort of diving into this life coaching and getting certified because my goal was to help people see that they can become whatever they want to be. And we all kind of have our own limitations that we put on ourselves. And I really saw that a lot of women in particular, men also, I do coach men as well, but women in particular, we kind of have a hard time um, putting ourselves work first and seeing our worth. So that really motivated me to sort of get into the life coaching side of things so that I could help people with that. So that's kind of how I got here in a nutshell. <laughs> That's amazing. Did you have a life coach yourself, Alyn, or did you? I did. I ended up hiring a life coach myself. And in and of itself, that was a life-changing experience for me. So it just solidified um, that I wanted to be that for other people as well. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Ah, Amazing. I wonder if she's one three. And have you done her human design chart? Quickly pull it up here, though, if you happen to know your birth date, birth time, and birth location. I do, actually. And I'm totally interested in the human design thing, so... Okay, all right. So as as Angie does that kind of in the background there, um, where are you located right now, Alyn? So... So you're cutting out a little bit there, but I think you asked me where I'm from so that I can answer. Uh, I'm from Listowel, Ontario, and that's where my coaching practice is right now. Um, I do have an office currently at Crafted in downtown Listowel, but I'm transitioning back into my beautiful home office, which is where I am today, but located in Listowel. But most of my stuff is done online and the majority of my clients actually are online, either over the phone or, or meetings like this. Excellent. Yes. That was the second part of my question that probably okay. cut in there was if somebody is, you know, not in your local area, is it, is it possible for them to connect with you online? So that's wonderful. Yeah. Um, beautiful. Definitely. Yeah. The majority of my clients actually aren't local. So. <laughs> mm-hmm. Okay. Amazing. The beauty of technology, right? And Zoom, if the last three years has done anything positive, it's just made people <laughs> more comfortable with doing things over video and stuff. So mm-hmm. absolutely. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Zoom is the I remember I was traveling to Europe and Skype was the thing. But it was very like oh, Skype, yeah. Very scary for like my parents and like it seems <laughs> so so out of reach, right? For a lot of people who are like, I'm not techie. And so now I think our world has opened up. So but yeah. yeah. 
Anyways, well, I will grab your birth date and then I would love for you to share with our audience why decluttering and decluttering your environment in particular is something that's so passionate. So first your birth date with all that information and then second question. (laughs) Okay, so my birthday is April 25th. So it's coming up. (laughs) Awesome. Okay. And And you needed the time? The year too? 1977. Ooh, good year. I know, not bad, eh? <laughs> All right, birth time. Uh, 5.22 p.m. Okay, and location? Uh, Hearst, Ontario. H-E-A-R-S-T, Ontario. Tiny, tiny town in northern Ontario, which is where... It came up. That's good. Yeah, it's on the map. <laughs> wow. All right. I'm going to look through, I'm going to look through this here. Then we can dive into her chart afterwards, but why don't you share how you got into decluttering? Awesome. Yeah. So decluttering it's, I get pretty excited when we talk about it. And when you told me that that was the topic to kind of cover this month, I thought this is the perfect time for me to enter because I am really passionate about decluttering and it's because I understand the direct relation to how decluttering your physical space, your physical environment, your home actually clears your mind. And I personally experienced this a lot when I would declutter. And I'm sure you guys probably can relate or some of you for sure. When you do clear out a space, you almost feel like, oh, felt so good. Like I just feel lighter and just less stressed. And I started kind of putting that together and um, really noticing every time I did declutter something or clear out an area or make it more, even just making your environment just aesthetically pleasing, um, like simple, minimalist, um, not too much stuff, um, it really, really does improve sort of your mental state. So when we talk about decluttering our space, when you walk into your area, it can create a a sense of overwhelm. And unfortunately, most of us do live with overwhelm at some point or another, right? The issue is the majority of people, a ton of people live with overwhelm chronically. Like it's just become a way of life, a way of living. So decluttering is just one way that we can kind of help ourselves to kind of clear some of that overwhelm. Because when there's always stuff to do, things to be cleaned out, or your environment is messy, it's taking up space in your mind. And as soon as you clear a space, you're actually physically clearing that space out in your mind as well. So that's why you do get a sense of feeling lighter and calmer and all of those things when we declutter. So, and whenever any of my clients or even myself, I still, you know, I'm, I'm certainly not an expert because um, I have to kind of tap into this from time to time as well. Right. Is just kind of be like, okay, I'm feeling overwhelmed. Something that is in my control is cleaning a space. And as soon as I sort of dedicate the time to doing that and give myself the time to clear that space, it does create a sense of calm and ease and takes a little bit of that overwhelm away, if that makes sense. (laughs) Mm -hmm. That you would suggest people start with. Is there a priority that you often suggest? I would encourage people to look at the space that they walk into every day. 
So for me, for example, when I walk into my home, it's into a mudroom. And walking into that initial space as you're coming into your home, having it clean and tidy and organized already creates a sense of calm as you're walking in. But I would generally say any room area that you walk into, and if you can just tap into kind of feeling the energy in yourself, but whatever room you walk into and you're just kind of like, oh, like it almost kind of just jolts your energy a little bit or sucks your energy a little bit that may be the room for you to clean up. Because if you're always constantly walking into that space and you kind of have that uh, feeling like something else that has to be done or it's driving you crazy, tackle it. Just get it done. That's like myself. I have to, um, same thing. We've got to go through the mud room to get into our house, but in the mudroom is also my laundry room. Yeah. And so I have to, because we hang a lot of laundry, I have to fold it every day. So that's not hanging because it just drives me crazy. Mm -hmm. So I can appreciate that. Yeah, totally. It doesn't always have to be like your, your physical environment, like your home either. This just kind of came to mind because it does drive me nuts every single time. How many of our purses are a disaster? <laughs> mine is all the time my kids laugh at me every time we go to the store and I pull up my wallet they're like mom clean out your purse but as moms you're busy and that's just not something you get to right you got so much other stuff to do but again like you're just clearing something like that out will just make it every time you go in there just a little simpler and more organized so mm-hmm. I'm sure any one of you myself included right now I can tell you a space in my home or my life that needs to be organized or decluttered you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I and love that your workspace, right? To your mm-hmm. workspace needs to be like yes. decluttered so that you have that good brain energy when you're trying to be creative. Or yeah, you just you can't expect to have peace and calm and ease if you're sitting in a space that does not give you that. And decluttering is the way that you can create that for yourself. Totally. And when you talk about that, Alin, um, one of the things that I'm very passionate about is um, because yeah, so Reiki is similar. Um, you can't really understand anything yeah. that you're saying. Okay. What you were saying was the, the feng shui with the energy centers, but it was kind of choppy. So we'll just get you to repeat that. Sure. So the connection of what you're talking about um, to Feng Shui, when you talk about the entering of the home, um, most people enter their home in what the three energy centers, one being wisdom, one being life path, and the other one being helpful people. And it is um enter in life path which is like the center um of their home but on the Mm -hmm. front and when you enter into your home and you think about you're entering into your life path um you want your life path to be clear right and so that's um just a beautiful connection totally Mm -hmm. yeah so Mm -hmm. I'm, i'm curious is cluttering was just like oh my gosh like where you store your clutter is the emotional baggage you're carrying around um and so just hearing you kind of talk about that i'm like oh my goodness this sounds like feng shui um would you say that that's a connecting piece or is this something that um is a just a little bit different branch 
No, I would say it's along the same lines. I'm certainly not a feng shui expert. I know a little bit about it, but I think there absolutely is a connection there. So um, not that I can elaborate more on it from that um, point of view, but 100% exactly what you just said, right? The way um, you you view and place things in your home, like it should all flow. Um, and I think if you have the ability to cycle home up like that, then it just helps everything beautifully. Mm, mm. I have your chart up here and there's so many things and the girls know all about human design. If you're listening and you've been listening for a while, you know a little bit about human design, but no surprise that her strongest sense is outer vision based on the fact that you need to have like a very beautiful space. Anybody that has that as their like strongest sense, they have the ability to beautify the world and be able to see things in this really incredible way. Like they're able to say this needs to go exactly in this place and look completely beautiful. So you are here to make our world more beautiful. That's one <laughs> piece of your design, which doesn't surprise me. The energy type that you are, are you familiar with energy types, Lynn, or is this totally new? Totally new from this perspective. Yeah. This Other perspective. than like, I feel energy and I'm okay, but Hey, beautiful. All right. So in human design, there is five energy types and really human design is looking at how can we optimize your energy by getting in alignment with your soul's path. And so when we try to function like a different energy type, mm -hmm. it's like being plugged into the wrong electrical socket. It doesn't work. So if a generator tries to operate like a manifester, unfortunately, we either get completely burnt out or we blow a fuse because we get so angry. And so Looking at it from that perspective, you are a generator. Ashley, our other co-host here, is also a generator. You are our life force. And when you do the things that you love, you create more energy for the collective. The problem is because you guys are so capable of doing a lot of things, the tendency for generators is to be a people pleaser. And so because you can do all of the jobs, because you can be the busy bee and get it all done, a lot of people will often come to generators and dump their task on you and say, Hey, you're going to be able to do a really good job on that. So they drain your battery because there's a lot of energy leakage that happens for generators. But when you do the things that you love, the things that light you up, the things that make you feel true joy that comes right from that sacral chakra within your body, you create more energy for everybody. Unfortunately, if we choose other things and we lean in the direction of people pleasing, we are so energetically depleted that we have nothing left to give to anybody else. And so particularly for generators, this is really when we tackle people pleasing. I'm sure you um, tackle boundaries as well in your life coaching business. Those two topics are particularly beneficial for those that are the generator energy type. Um, the next part of your design that's interesting is your authority. Your authority in human design is the way that it is most appropriate for you to make decisions that are in alignment for you. And so in this world, we are taught to use our mind to make decisions. We make the pros and cons list. We're told to consider all the options, use our logical brain. Human design looks at seven other ways to make decisions. And these decisions, or the way that you make these decisions is going to be in alignment with your human design chart. 
Now, you are what's called sacral authority. So when you listen to your gut, you always are on the right path. It's only when you try to overthink it with your brain and don't trust your gut that you end up on the wrong path. And so your gut instantly in that moment knows if it's a yes or a no. The thing with the gut is the gut doesn't exist in gray. It is black or white. And so for that reason, questions need to be asked in yes or no ways. It's not, Alin, what do you want for dinner? It's, Alin, do you want pizza for dinner? Your gut instantly knows, is it a hell yes or a hell no? And we probably have heard that in personal development, right? It's either a hell yes or it's a no or it's a hell no. But for other energy types, that isn't correct. And so I'll just explain. Ashley's the same as you and she is also sacral authority. She's also a generator. She's able to tap into her gut in that instant. Me and Carrie Ann are what we call an emotional authority. So because we are emotional authorities, we naturally have waves of emotions, highs and lows every single day, every single week, every single month. And what happens is if we say yes, when we're in a high, we probably are going to regret it. And so we have to wait a minimum of 24 hours to come back to neutral and then decide, is it a yes or a no? Whenever we make those quick decisions, we instantly regret them or we're canceling three days later because we're realizing, ah, I shouldn't have said yes to that thing. So sacral right away. Hell yes, hell no. As soon as you start to overthink it or change your mind, you, you end up on the wrong path. Okay. Is all of that making sense so far or feeling in alignment? Totally. Totally. Awesome. 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 Um, The next thing she actually said, I wonder if you're a one three, she's not a one three, but she's a four six. And the thing with the four six is up until the age of 30, your six would have been a three. So her three would have been in the same position. So Ashley, what you were kind of feeling that we, we all have threes in our profile, which I'm going to explain what that is in a second here, but, um, that's kind of probably what you're picking up on intuitively. So your personality profile in human design looks at the way that you, um, the way that you view yourself. And the way that the world views you. And so you're a four, six, the first number being how you view yourself. So you view yourself as a people person. That four is all about connecting with other people, even connecting people with people, being able to be the master connector and being able to say, hey, you should give this person a call or this is this would be a really good connection. You are all about people. That's what that four is. The six Um, is in the second position, which is how everybody else views you. Um, Up until the age of 30, it was a three. And so when it's a three, it's all about trial and error. It's all about experimenting. It's all about going out and making your life one big adventure, failing forward by making mistakes and really being in the messy and experiential part of life. And so with that three, The three can never be told, hey, don't go do that thing. The three has to go out and experience it and then be able to report it back. So if somebody says, hey, you know what? Like, you probably shouldn't touch the fire. It's really going to hurt. You're like, ah, I'm going to go and I'm going to go try that on and see if it's really hot. Because you, the three in you just needs to have those experiences. After the age of um, six, 
or after the age of 30, you come into being a six and that six is the wise role model. So you wake up after your 30th birthday. And I'm curious about if you can share that experience with our audience, but you wake up after your 30th birthday, you have your solar return. And then what happens is you remember all of this wisdom that has been innately in you since you were born, but you forgot about it for 30 years. And so from the age of 31 onwards, you're able to step into being the role model, being the one that people can trust to teach them, to lead them, to guide them, which fully makes sense based on your current life path now that you're in that um yeah, in that life path. And so the way that we describe it in human design is the regal authority figure. And that six is really being the authority, being able to bring those mistakes, those failures, those experiences back to other people to inspire, motivate, and elevate them to new levels. How's that feel? Yeah, I kind of have shivers, actually. Crazy. <laughs> Does it feel so a little bit like weird that I might know all of that? in like <laughs> it is weird yeah no, it, not a little bit it is like full-on crazy for sure and um yeah so relating back to like 30 and things changing I can't pinpoint it to exactly 30 but definitely in my 30s is when I would say and claim that I kind of found myself and mm -hmm. who I was and really started making the connection to why I went through certain things in my life and, and really pulling out those lessons and experience and not seeing them as something that happened to me, but that they were just a piece and a part of me becoming who I was. And, and I help sort of people tap into that in their own life, right? Kind of reviewing their life experiences and what they've gone through and what their childhood was like and kind of really digging deep and letting them kind of find themselves and find their worth and all those kinds of things. So it, it completely aligns. Crazy. Uh, it's amazing. <laughs> you are the same as my husband. She's the same as Cam, even oh, right God. down to the regal authority type, outer vision generator. You have very similar um, profiles, which is so cool. Yeah. And the part that you said at the start about um, my space being like pretty and, and organized and all that kind of stuff. It's funny because, you know, I have people walk into my home and they're like, oh, my gosh, it is so nice in here. Like, it's so clean and tidy. Meanwhile, I can tell you 10 things that need to be done. But it's funny because de people definitely observe that sense when they walk into my home. And for me, it's like, I'm not doing that for you. I'm not doing that because I care what my home looks like. I legit mentally need to have it that way. Like I Same. need my space to be calm. So it's kind exactly. of funny because again, people always walk into my home. They're like, wow, it's so nice in here. I'm like, well, thank you. Uh, but I need yeah. it that way. <laughs> and when Pam says the same. Yeah. Uh, yeah. That. I was going to say the thing with your superpower, that first thing, your strongest sense or your spidey sense, you just assume everybody has that same vision. But honestly, if you, 
I am not that person. I don't know how to make anything really look visually awesome. I will keep it in the same spot. If somebody told me, yeah, it looks good there. I wouldn't have the visual or that vision because mine is touch. And so I don't realize or didn't realize until human design, when I touch somebody, that's very healing and very nurturing. And that just happens very naturally when I live um, the way that my soul is supposed to be living. And I just assume that everybody just wants to be touched or that everybody just does touch, but they don't have that same superpower or that natural tendency. Right. And so it is just such a beautiful gift. And the gift of human design is the differentiation, knowing that the thing that we've always just thought either everybody does it that way, or I didn't really know that like that made me different. Those little pieces are pulled out with human design, which is um, really really, really interesting. Yeah, that is so interesting. Fascinating, actually. And I find myself even like just as a person as a whole, and I've pretty much always been that way, but really have tapped into it since becoming like a life coach and doing a lot of work around sort of energy and connection and stuff is when you talk about vision, I find that I experience that with people like I'll meet you or somebody else. And I have a feeling, I have kind of a vision of what that person could be and then quickly identify, do they see that in themselves or not? So it's just, it's interesting. So Ellen, what does that process look like? So when you talk, so if, if somebody comes to you and, um, like when does somebody recognize that you would be an asset to them? Like what's going on in their life and look like, is it custom design? That's just like between you and them, this is kind of the steps or is it like a standardized method an approach that you take everybody through and it kind of, um, gives you, um, some results, um, sort of thing. So what does that kind of look like, um, based on that vision that you have that like, okay, here's where we're going. This is the path. What does that sort of look like when somebody comes to you? Yeah. Thanks for asking. So I do have a process that I take everybody through and it is a very calculated one. It's because it's a very effective one. And I like to call it, um, it's like peeling the onion, right? So typically somebody will come to me either because they've, you know, seen me through social media or some things that I've posted and have kind of connected with them that way, or they've related to me in that way. And they're curious about what life coaching would look like with me and how it works and what's involved. So I like to take everybody through like a discovery session where we spend an hour, an hour and a half together. And I just have a series of questions to ask people. And basically it's to find out their why. Why are they coming to me? Why do they feel they need change in their life? What needs to be changed? And then we just go through again, a pretty um, intense, but super cool process that peels the onion back because somebody might come to me for, one reason. And at the end of our time together, we are able to identify what the real reason is, because there's always like a surface reason to want change. And then there's the real reason that we want change. So yeah, I take people through that process. And by the end of the session, I have a really strong feeling of if they are somebody that I could work with and would be of benefit to them and explain how I would do that. And that will be different for everybody, but also they get a really strong feeling if I'm somebody that 
they would want to work with and kind of go through um, like some coaching, some life coaching with me. So it's, it's a process of just kind of discovering and uncovering um, what they're looking for. Cause sometimes they, they don't know exactly what it is they're looking for. Mm-hmm. Amazing. And so for the person who's listening, is it like, what is the ideal client or have you ever had to say like, you know, this isn't, this isn't, at all what you're looking for you need something in this direction so when it comes to clarifying I'm just thinking of the person who's listening who's maybe going maybe I could use a life coach but I don't know like how would I know if I should in those thoughts what would your answer be um, and what should their steps forward be so generally I would say if you're curious about working with a life coach and what that would be about go for it Ask. So again, the clarity call, that is a free session where you spend a bit of time together and you get curious. So generally speaking, though, people will have a feeling that something needs to change in their life. Generally, and not all the time, but generally people don't come to me because everything is just like super perfect and running smoothly and they have no issues. There's something out of balance in their life, whether it's their professional life or their um, personal life, their relationship. Uh, maybe they wake up one day and they're like, you know what? I just, I don't feel fulfilled with what I'm doing. I want more out of life, but I don't know what that looks like. So generally speaking, anybody who is thinking about working with a life coach or is curious about it, I would just quite simply say probably have a feeling they need something, but they don't know what it is. So, yes. Feel stuck where they're at. Would that be maybe the way that they would describe what it is they're feeling? Yes. Much simpler put than what I just did. Yes. (laughs) Like something is missing. Like they want more. Okay. Mm -hmm. Beautiful. When we're talking about um, the direction of life coach too, I always find sometimes people are at a fork in the road, right? And they're like, okay, I've got two paths that I really want to go on. And sometimes it just helps to talk it out because as a life coach, I'm a life coach myself, um, it's just asking the right questions. Mm -hmm. And they're like, ah, it's bringing out those aha moments and just kind of having someone else to, you know, lead me down these two, this fork and what path is going to be helpful for me. Yeah, a hundred percent. And I, and I say that all the time, like basically when people come to me, whether it's just out of curiosity to see if we're going to work together or we do end up working together, I hold space and Mm -hmm. I hold time for people. And that in and of itself is the gift that I offer because how many of us give ourselves the time to ask ourselves questions and actually answer them. Right. So that's what I do is I hold space and it's a non-judgmental space. It's a space to explore and be curious and see what comes up. Um, a lot of my coaching is very intuitive and is kind of like what shows up on the day that the clients show up. And then we deal with that. Um, so, yeah, it's in, I, I love how you said that because it actually is just about asking the right questions. And, and that's what we know how to do to kind of get the answers. One thing that just 
sparked in my brain there, right. As I got kicked off and came back on was how interesting just coming back to that human design piece. Like it's often what we do in our podcast is it just like, it starts here, we loop around and then it kind of like circles back. And so many people, Angela, maybe you can um, connect this dot, um, our split definition. And so they require somebody else's feedback for them to truly get their own answers. And it sounds like, Alin, that's what you're supporting people with as well. So um, my son, a single definition. So he just processes. Which and you. Sorry, Ash, you sound, you sound, you can't really understand what you're saying. But I, I, the question that Ashley is asking is, she's she's talking about single and split definitions in human design. So those who are split definitions, Ashley was using the example of one of her children, Felix, he is single definition, doesn't require a lot of people for processing. When things happen, comes th- through his energetic channels, comes to the other side, he might tell you, he might not tell you, but he doesn't necessarily need another connection to help bridge things. And so anybody who is the split definition, often they, they got two voices in their head. And for that reason, because of those two distinct voices, they need to go to somebody else to be able to talk through what it is that's going on in their world. So they need to talk it out. And the reason why certain people become really good avenues for talking it out is because in human design, there is what's called gates and channels. So what happens is... You might have gate um, 57 coming out of one of your chakras and then somebody else might have the other half. And that's where that chemistry happens. When we meet somebody, we often see they literally have the other half of that gate to create a channel. And that's where we feel magnetism. That's where we feel chemistry, even in friendships, business relationships, coaching relationships, that energetic plug-in is what's happening there. And generally, anybody who's single definition doesn't feel that desire. They almost feel a little bit more like a self-sufficient machine. But anybody who has split definition or triple split or quadruple split is always looking for somebody else to connect with, to help them fully complete an experience, fully complete a project, fully complete an idea. And it's really just that plugging in, creating that energetic channel and then boom, together you guys work together so much quicker versus them only getting halfway and then getting stuck. And so that's kind of what Ashley, I think, was alluding to when she was explaining single definitions and split definitions. Carrie Ann is a split definition. I'm a split definition. You're a split definition. Ashley's a split definition. It makes sense that we work with people. People come in, we have their other half, and they're like, whoa, you are my girl. You yeah. are my girl and they feel it. And yeah, you can't deny that connection, right? That energy. It's just. And as a people connector, literally what you are in your four, right? It makes so much sense that that's, um, that's where you landed. So anyways, that just like. So interesting. It is so interesting. Yeah, I mean, you got, you got, lit. you can talk about human design all day, but I'm just gonna say one more thing. One other little thing is you have an open solar plexus. So this is the solar plexus chakra in your chart. And that's if you're looking at your chart afterwards, I sent it in our chat. It's on the right-hand side at the bottom. And the reason why this is really important for you is because you are picking up on everybody else's emotions all day long. So half the time, 
you aren't even feeling what you're feeling because anybody with an open solar plexus feels what other people are feeling times three. So something happens to somebody, you feel it times three because it's open there. And so finding um, ways that you can process those emotions and also recognize what's your garbage to carry and what somebody else's um, is really, really important for anybody that's open on that side. The other thing that's a challenge for anybody with that being open is you don't want to hurt anybody's feelings ever. And so you might struggle with confrontation and the truth. And so that is part of your life path. Having open centers in your human design chart is going into situations where you're forced to have to have confrontation, forced to have to speak your truth. Your whole life path is giving you lots of opportunities to work through that particular area of your human design chart being open. So anyways, lots that we could talk about. We go about it. Actually, Crystal, who's nearby, she comes um, to see me tomorrow for human design in person. So maybe you guys will get chatting about that <laughs> well i'm sure i'm gonna see you in person too <laughs> this is way yeah. too interesting to not continue with <laughs> awesome 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 all right well let's circle it back into the other things that you do you have a book club so can you tell everybody about the book club and what that all is that you offer yeah i'd love to so back in june of 2022 I had this idea of starting a book club um, just to bring people together, but I wanted it to be focused on personal development because I know personally how much that has helped me to grow and to expand and to really become who I am today and shift my mindset and to look at things differently. So I wanted to host a book club based on personal development books and then Um, once a month at the end of the month, once we've read the book, everybody gets together. We actually, um, get together at crafted, um, and we discuss the book, obviously like all book clubs do. Uh, but then I get into doing a little bit of group coaching, depending on what the topic was for the month or what I feel the, the group needs, but it's turned into something really cool actually. So I don't announce what the book is every month. Because from the start, I've invited people to kind of tap into their gut and their feelings and to just trust that whatever book I pick for that month, for whatever reason, is meant for them to read. So that's one fun little thing. So it almost feels like Christmas every month if somebody's doing it on repeat. They get a package from me and it's a new book and they don't know what it is. So it's kind of exciting. And yeah, and then we get together and we do some group coaching, but it's kind of created a bit of a community. I do have a lot of repeat uh, members that come every month and then every given month there's maybe another person or two new people and it's just created a space for connection um, to maybe be a little bit vulnerable and talk about things in a space that is non-judgmental and yeah it's pretty awesome I love it can you tell us some of the books that you've read in the past from previous months so people get a feel of the types of books that they might be for sure you're totally testing my memory here but uh we did the compound effect uh we did five second rule uh that one's by Mel Robbins compound effect is Darren Hardy we did untamed by Glennon Doyle we did five love languages What else have we done? Morning Miracle. 
that's one of my favorite books. Um, we did that one. That was by Hal Elrod. What did we do last month? High Five um, Habit by Mel Robbins again. I can't remember the rest, but that's okay. That gives some like of them that are a feel of the, the type of vibe of what to expect. Yeah. And when we met, I actually looking at your bookshelf was quite impressed. I'm like, she's our girl. We read all <laughs> the same types of books. We probably work with similar types of people going through similar types of struggles. And so mm-hmm. what a beautiful container that you've created for women to come together. Um, and maybe men as well. Is it? Yes. Men? And, yes. Well, the group is mostly women, but men are invited. Okay. (laughs) Um, Yeah, it's just, again, I know how much it's done for me. And this was a way for me to pay it forward. And some of the members were familiar with personal development uh, and some are brand new. So it was just really interesting to kind of expose people to that and kind of help them tap into themselves and to learn to trust themselves and do some of the work that is going to set them free in different areas. Right. So, yeah. Beautiful. Beautiful. Sorry. I keep getting um, kicked out too. (laughs) So I'm in my vehicle trying to catch this call. Um, When you were talking about books, do you have an absolute favorite one that you've done so far that was, you know, the group really reacted to? Oh gosh. You know, it's interesting because every book generates such awesome discussions so i'm trying to think you know the five second rule by mel robbins is probably one that really stands out um and the five love languages that one was really interesting for people i remember the first time i read it i was like oh my gosh this makes so much sense now like for my kids and my husband i think anybody who's anybody who's in a relationship i don't care who with Um, including yourself to understand sort of what fills your love bucket. Um, That's a really, really great book to start with. So I think if I probably had to recommend one, I think that is a great one to start with to kind of understand. Great. I just just had my husband read that one. It's not just personal relationships either, right? It's like business relationships, Mm -hmm. friendships and your kids and just to kind of understand what fills a particular person's love tank mm-hmm. totally. but I love them all I love all the books right I here. know <laughs> I'm with you I love self-development books I don't know if I've ever if I've read in fiction or a non-fiction in a really long time <laughs> yeah I know I haven't yeah. and in fact I'm starting to get my kids so I have two girls they're 11 and 13 and uh I'm just now starting to get them to read some of these books so I just actually mm-hmm. got them both the compound effect Um, Because I think that's really just a fundamental uh, concept that is really powerful if you understand it. So, yeah, I'm going to get even my kids, right? Like, what are you exposing everybody in your life to? And um, start them young. Yeah. Yeah, beautiful. Mm -hmm. Oh, I love that. I love that. Um, I wanted to just kind of circle back and um, recap some of the things that we've talked about. I know we've bounced around a little bit, but at the beginning we talked about the decluttering and how, uh, how they were able to hold that activity in, um, is so to be able to participate, um, and get all of that juicy content, why don't we tell them three of the things or three of the daily tasks from that month of what they can expect from that. So three things, what are three tasks that you have on that list? 
Three tests. Okay, so basically the 30-day decluttering challenge is kind of designed to tackle one space a day. And I've broken it down by week for different areas of your house. So you'll have kitchen, bedroom, living room, office, I think is the other one. Um, And then every day is one small task in that area to do. So it might be, you know, if you're talking bedroom, it'll be like the closet and then maybe your dresser. Um, and then kitchen is looking at, you know, the pantry or a junk drawer, those types of things. Okay. Awesome. So it is I just did little oh, bite-sized pieces. Yeah. I just did, um, for kitchen, my girl still had Halloween candy left over. Uh-huh. I just pitched it all knowing that Easter is coming. <laughs> <laughs> yes, that's great. Yeah, I love that. Now, if you're listening and you want to get in on that challenge or any of the other things that are in the Empowered Collective for the month, you can give us a try for seven days for free. All the information will be below in the show notes to check that out. You'll also learn how to detox your body with Carrie Ann. So Carrie Ann, what can I expect with that piece? So um, I think that it's a good time of year. Spring is such a good time for that refresh, renewal, um, and getting a good cleanse of the body. But my program doesn't even just cover the body. It covers like mind, body, and soul that we do in the collective. And also just diving a little bit deeper into our detox pathways in our bodies, because we've got many of them. One just being our skin, right? And detoxing the skin, which is simple, just getting a little bit of a, you know, a sweat every day. Um, And then going into like cosmetics, like what are we putting on our bodies? and putting into our mouths and I talk about environment like and I just mean immediate environment within your home but then also your outside environment and how to just really hone in on what's going on from those things that is affecting your body awesome awesome and Mm -hmm. we also dive into Things like forgiveness and quieting that inner critic, tools like alternate nostril breathing. And like always, you will get all the content from the previous month. So the other exercise experts, as well as Tam Hamilton from here in Listable at Dynafit, she is sharing movement for this upcoming month. And you'll also get um, other people that have been in there. Kirian, who are some of the other people that we've had so far this year in the Empowered Collective? We have had Vanessa Schefter from Studio 87. So she did our January fitness. We had in February fitness was, oh my gosh. SB, SB from Oh yeah, SB yoga. Oh my gosh, how could I forget that? Beautiful yoga. And um, we had Stacy who did a lot on like essential oils. We have had... Um, who else have Ashley we had? Johnson. Oh my gosh. She's... Ashley Johnson. Oh, Ashley Johnson did last month. That's yeah. right. That was sinking and with your menstrual cycle. And mm-hmm. we had um Jen with crystals. Yes. Yes. We had um thinking Alicia Reach. She came and taught us how to do moon rituals mm-hmm. in there. 
which was good. Yeah, we've had some great people that have come in, um, sharing sharing the good things. Like Aline, just sharing your stuff with all of our beautiful people. I know it's kind of tough. I feel like I could probably spend a few hours talking about my stuff and what I do and how I help people. But yeah, I know, and we're just giving everybody a kind of a taste, Mm -hmm. right? Of the various things that they can do for their mind, their body, and their souls. Totally. And I I love just the way it's coming together as a community. And as we're bringing different women together, it's really this invitation for oneness, this invitation for collaboration, this invitation to fully support one another, uplift one another and cheer each other on. Like I love how the community has migrated away from Facebook. And it's just this one spot where you can go and be surrounded by like-minded women on that same path, tap into those local experts who are maybe just a couple of steps ahead of you, right? All of the things that we teach about, we don't teach about it because we read it in a book. We may have read it in a book afterwards, but it's Mm -hmm. all personal things that we've struggled with or overcome. And then we're bringing it forward saying, Hey, here's a modality that would be really supportive for you. Would you like to give it a try? And that's what the empower collective really is all about with our events and our membership, bringing you guys together so that you can have these tools in your toolkit so that you don't have to struggle any longer. So I love what I also love Ange is that we talk about hard things. We do. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And I just wanted to add, you know, we all know the saying, right. And and usually it relates to when we're, you know, raising our small children and stuff, but people always say it takes a village. Yes, it does. And that's not just about raising kids. That's just about going through life. So like Mm -hmm. find your village, find your people, they're out there and you need them. We all do. None of us are meant to do this thing called life alone. So don't even try. Right. Or even put all of that onto your like primary partner, whether that's your husband or your boyfriend or your girlfriend, putting all of that on your primary partner to be your everything versus your tribe, having your community. Like, you know what? Maybe your husband doesn't want to talk about all the personal life development things. And that's okay. You Mm -hmm. have your community, you have your tribe that person no longer has to be all the things for you they get to just be them and you can your friends and your coaches and your community to go Mm -hmm. hey you know what you want to talk about this thing that really makes me feel alive or really lights me up you can tap into those relationships and not um yeah not have that take away from Mm -hmm. that primary relationship which I just think is so so important and as women like I don't know about you guys, but I didn't have a lot of girlfriends growing up. I didn't really have women. I had one bestie and I felt like no other woman understood me or maybe it was just me being afraid of women. I don't know. But I I feel like when you can find women, especially if you have struggled to have strong female relationships and you start to build those connections, you start to feel seen heard, appreciated, respected mm-hmm. in a way that maybe you've never had with women in the past. Would you guys really, would you guys say that you can relate? Yes, I would say a hundred percent. And another thing that just kind of came to mind as you were saying that is I find a lot of, I keep saying women, men do the same, actually. They just don't talk about it as much. So that's a whole topic for another day talking about men, <laughs> but 
women in particular, I find don't give themselves permission to take care of themselves, to do something for themselves. And I'm telling you, and I speak from personal experience and I see it in my clients all the time. When you put yourself first, when you make yourself important, like you are, that has a ripple effect on everybody in your life. So I'm so pro putting yourself first um, and how that has a ripple effect on everybody. And this is one of those things coming together in a community like this and just having access to different people who can inspire you or help you and who are genuinely interested in helping you. Right. Like that's not something everybody has had. So super cool. And I love the whole concept and what you guys are doing. It's pretty awesome. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. I feel like, um, if there's somebody that Googles everything, I think like, I find that the community, I don't have to Google it. I just go into our community and go, mm-hmm. Oh, who's talking about that thing. I need to reach out to that person. That's what I love about it. That's absolutely. Awesome. Absolutely. Um, I just wanted to share one other little piece of information. I know we're coming up on close to our hour time block here there, ladies, but I did want to let everybody know that Ashley and I have solidified the date for our first breath work and sacred cacao ceremony taking place in Belgrade at the renewal retreat. If you've been listening to the podcast for a while, you maybe have went to our breathwork certification training with us, heard all about it. Um, but we do have a few spots left. For that ceremony, it's from 7 to 9 p.m. that it's taking place in the beautiful facility in Belgrave. And there will be a link in the show notes to secure a spot for that, if that's something that's in, that interests you. All right. Well, I have one more final question. And it is the question that we end every podcast episode with. So, Alin, how would you like to be remembered? Hmm. That's a good question. I have a little tagline on my stuff and it's, I aspire to inspire. So if I can inspire in any way and be remembered as somebody who was inspiring, that'd be awesome. Beautiful. I love that. I love that. Well, thank you for connecting with us today. We look forward to collaborating with you again in the future. Carrie-Anne, thanks for coming on as a special guest. And yes. Little <laughs> tidbits in and out with yes. the, yeah, in and out with the uh, hydro, but. Awesome. Thank you so much for the wrong. opportunity. Well, been great. You're welcome. You're welcome. Thank you. Bye, Bye. ladies. Bye. Lots of love.